Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the hit Netflix show, The Haunting of Bly Manor. This week, we're covering episode one, The Great Good Place. I, this is not The Great Good Place, Peek. Yeah. <laughs> this place doesn't seem I'm, so great or good in a lot of ways. <laughs> I'm not convinced that this is as much as what they tried to convince you all throughout the episode. I don't, I'm not sure I'm falling for that. It's a great good place. Yeah. I don't know. I'm getting some spooky feels, spooky feels. (laughs) (laughs) So we are finally here. So excited to be uh, back here recording something that is related to Haunting of Hill House. It is not the second season, but it is from the same creators and a couple of the same actors uh, and definitely something uh, at least in the same genre. It's a little bit of a different horror story. This is not Haunting of Hill House. Mm -hmm. So I hope people didn't think that that was you know that it was going to be an exact replica of haunting of hill house this is a different kind of horror so it's like a gothic horror wouldn't you agree yeah i think that's what uh mike flanagan himself even said was it's kind of like a gothic romance horror Mm -hmm. in a way is what he's looking at so yeah yeah and i and i like it so we've been waiting two years i can't believe it's been two years oh wow since honey isn't that it just blows my mind. Yeah. I mean, I thought, damn. I mean, it felt like a year ago that that we were covering that. It's hard to believe that it was two years because it still sticks with me for sure. The feelings and the emotions from Hill House uh, and the impact that it made on me. Oh, yeah. Still lives with me very strongly as if I just covered it. So uh, hard to believe it's been two years. But I, I don't know. I, I've got some thoughts about this episode. Do you want to give me your general thoughts about what you thought about this premiere episode of Bly Manor? Yeah, personally, I thought this uh, premiere episode was perfectly splendid. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was great. But no, I, I'm, I'm really excited to be back in the world of Mike Flanagan's haunting. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a different vibe than Hill House. But I, I feel like it's still, once we really dive deeper into the story and the characters, it's going to have its fair share of like personal trauma as like a leading story point for a lot of characters. Because there's already some like stuff in this first episode that was deeply like unsettling me and sending chills down my spine kind of thing. I'm like, uh, I don't like some of these things. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I, I hate the dolls and the creepy children. Like the children can be real sweet. And I was like, oh, I like these kids. And then like they just like turn on a dime. And you're like, okay, now they're creepy. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about all of that in in more detail, but yes. I I enjoyed this premiere episode as well. I thought it laid some really good groundwork, you know, for the rest of the season. You know, we've got an introduction to Blind Manor, beautiful uh, large manor in the English countryside, kind of what you would just kind of picture a place like that when someone mm-hmm. says they have an a, you know a manor in the countryside. This looks exactly how you would you know, think of it. Yeah. Um, 
a little too country for me. It's a little isolating. I think that weekends might be nice there. Summers might be nice there, but I don't think I'd want to live there full time. It's a little uh, too, little too isolated. I for need me. other people. <laughs> I, I need some people. I mean, maybe I guess if you were going to like quarantine with a pod of people and just have, you know, it's a big enough house that, you know, y'all could kind of spread out and, and have, you know, you know, but yeah, I, I don't know that I could. I would need some entertainment eventually. I can only take so much time in the country myself, yeah. small doses. But I thought it laid some good good groundwork, good introduction to the, the characters for this season. Really enjoy seeing Victoria Pedretti again. Yeah. Um, she's, I think, really amazing. And, of course, many folks remember her as Nell Crane from Haunting of Hill House. But she is definitely not Nell Crane in, in this. <laughs> and, I, you know, I was kind of worried, you know, sometimes if – you know, when you see some of the same um, actors carry on in similar shows like this, like they're doing with Hill House and then Bly Manor, you know, you worry a little bit like, can you distance them from that character? You know, are we just going to yeah. see Nell or like in the case of, you know, Uncle Henry with, you know, Henry Thomas, who, you know, played played their father in, in Hill House. It's like, are, are, are we going to have trouble kind of you know, not thinking of them in those roles and seeing that that's a totally different character, different role. Uh, but I think, I think so far they're doing a really good job. Yeah. I'm already first episode in, I'm totally buying into, okay, this is, this is, this is Danny and this mm -hmm. is uncle Henry. And this is, you know, like exactly. they, they did a very good, good. They did a great job at separating those characters and, and coming into new roles. I think it was, it was a great way to start it. Yeah. And if you've ever seen American Horror Story, you know, Ryan Murphy does this a lot. Yeah. You know, American Horror Story is an anthology series uh, and every season is, you know, a different story, different location, different place. And he often uses some of the same actors. And of course, the great Sarah Paulson. God, she's so yeah. amazing. <laughs> um, but so many, you know, other characters or, or sorry, actors that he's used. So if you've seen seen, you know, any seasons of that, you see a lot of the same people kind of coming back. And I think they all do a great job of, you know, like you don't even think of that other character that they played. They're just an amazing actor that can take on these, you know, new roles. And I think that they're doing a great job here as well with with Blind yeah. Manor. So, um, well, I, I thought it was a great, great premiere great way to start it off. I was really creeped out. I wasn't, I don't know if I was as jump scared just yet, but I don't know if yeah. I was really in the first episode of Hill House either. I don't yeah. remember. I remember being scared often, but I don't remember about the very first episode. Uh, but um, I think there were definitely some moments that made my toes curl and I definitely jumped <laughs> and my daughter's with me this weekend and she wasn't watching it, but she was in the same room with me. She was like kind of looking off camera or not off camera, but sorry, off the TV. And anytime I would kind of jump or gasp or something and, you know, she thought I was being a little dramatic. She was like, what is it? Was it a scary part? Can I see? And I was like, do you, you know, okay. So I'd show it to her and she's like, you're being overdramatic. <laughs> so, <laughs> clearly her and I have some different thoughts. About <laughs> it's really scary. So yeah. I don't know. Anyway, wow, it's the creepy kinda, stuff, like not necessarily the jump scares, but it's the stuff that just makes me like kind of shake and shiver a little bit like, oh, no, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't yeah, like not, that. <laughs> yeah. The jump scares, there were jump scares mm. in Hill House, which I won't talk about too much because I know there's still some people who, which I don't, I can't fathom that there's people <laughs> who haven't seen it. So I won't ruin it, but because I know there are people that haven't seen it, but there yeah. are a couple of like jump scares in Hill House, but a lot of it is. Just this really creepy, oh my God, I think Sweet. I'm just going to roll over and die kind of. Yeah, just very for me. unsettling yeah. things. They very unsettling. Make you uncomfortable. Up. Yeah. <laughs> very much. So yeah, they definitely did the same thing here in this in this first one. So mm -hmm. without further ado, 
uh, I'm I'm dying to dive into this. Let's do it. Premiere and and talk about <laughs> it. So, Pake, what is your number five for Bly Manor? All right, my number five. I'm going to start right off the top, basically, with the character that we only know right now as the storyteller. Yes. Played by Carlo Gugino coming back. Yeah, she's back. She's so great. Yes. And I was, you know, I wasn't sure kind of where we were going to be going when this episode started. And then I got to that point. I was like, so is the main story just a story that she's telling? Like, it's all a flashback from this wedding, you know, rehearsal dinner story that Mm -hmm. her character is giving. Or, you know, I'm not sure because there may be some time jumps in and out because that was 2007. Yes, which is about 20 years where we go back. Yeah. Um, Yep. So I'm not sure where they'll play with time and different time frames and they may go back and forth with stuff. But based off of this first episode, we're just getting it through the view of the storyteller telling the story. And I was trying to figure out who is this storyteller? What connection does he have? I mean, I know, you know, she says a couple of times that, oh, this isn't my story. It's just one that I'm telling. Mm-hmm. But it's almost one of those, like, I think you're a little too defensive there. I think it is your story, or at least you are related to it. And I was yeah. trying to place it off because the episode, the very beginning, it opens up with her voice kind of reciting the lyrics to this song. And then it's the same song that we see Flora singing while she's kind of kneeling at the edge of the pond when Danny first shows up. And so I was kind of wondering, like, well, maybe is this Flora grown up? But then the timing wise, she wouldn't be that old. And I was like, no, I don't think that mm-hmm. makes sense. And the accent doesn't match. It was a very like Irish accent. Right. Kind which... of sounding. And then the gardener walked in. Yeah. And that accent matched a lot more. And the storyteller seemed to have a connection to the gardener pointing her out saying, oh, and the gardener didn't even, you know, recognize or, you know, take time to stop and talk to to Danny and giving the gardener kind of a point. So right now, Jamie, the gardener is my theory for who the storyteller is, but I don't have a lot to go on. <laughs> yeah. I don't either. It, it, I almost thought it was Danny, but I thought, well, then the accent doesn't make sense. You yeah. know, Danny has, is an American, has a very clear American accent and, why would she all of a sudden have picked up? I mean, is she like Madonna who suddenly developed a British accent, you know, yeah. and because she lived in England all those years? I don't know. Uh-huh. So I don't, I don't think it's her, but that's who I kind of, I was like, well, but okay, then who? And then, and then, yeah, I thought, well, then maybe Jamie, um, mm-hmm. the groundskeeper. So I don't know. I guess, I guess we'll find out. But you know, what interested me is kind of, as we get to see this, beginning story and we see how she kind of wakes up from this dream and she's in her hotel room she's kind of sitting and slumped in this chair asleep and when she gets up she's facing her hotel room door which was open and she didn't seem to be very concerned about that Mm -hmm. which was a little weird a little strange you know and and i you know i've I've seen the episode twice i watched it last night i you know i waited until it got dark even though it premiered yesterday and i'm sure people were all over it watching it right away i watched it as soon as it dropped on netflix (laughs) like 2 a.m that night thursday night i could not stay up (laughs) i I wish i could have i would have loved to have been like live tweeting it i don't know who would have been paying any attention to any live tweets at 2 a.m my time but Mm -hmm. you know i thought well if i didn't have to work the next day maybe but i did have to work on friday so i had to wait and i didn't want to try and you know I, I wanted to wait till I could give it to my full attention. Um, and then I had to record another podcast in that afternoon anyway. So I had that to do. And I thought, well, when it gets dark, will be appropriate. That's 
tradition for me is to watch oh, um, yeah. Hill House when it's to. dark. I had to watch <laughs> Bly Manor when it's dark. So yeah, I'm the same that way. Being I said, had to watch it that way too because even I just rewatched it right now before we were recording my second yeah. watch, and I turned all the lights off in the room that I'm in and just had just nothing but my phone in front of me when I watched it the second time too. So yeah, <laughs> and I think I almost needed a third time because there are so many. Because I did watch it again before um, you and I jumped on here, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like I almost need a third time just to really catch some of the details. There are so yeah. many details, and I feel like everything that we see is purposeful, and you really have to pay attention. I mean, you can be a casual, I think, viewer of of this show and of Hill House if you like and still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But I think you get so much more out of it if you really pay attention. And I found myself watching it last night for the first time. I was a little distracted. Uh, I mean, I was watching, but I was so looking for details in the oh, background yeah. <laughs> and looking for all of these m- little moments and trying to dissect them that I almost kind of lost the story just a little bit. Like I would miss maybe some dialogue between some of the characters because I was so busy like what's that back there what's that over oh, their yeah. shoulder you know and <laughs> I would the whole time <laughs> I'm looking in the background of every scene like I know how this exactly. show works <laughs> I know yeah we have been trained thank you Mike Flanagan yeah. for Hill House because we are now you know we're not gonna be able to watch any episode everything's gonna be watched two or three times so yeah. I, I still like a feel a a need for a third watch but anyway we're on our second one so I think we'll do okay Mm -hmm. but I you know I thought that that was interesting and I kind of paid attention to that with her door open and I thought is she not concerned that her door's not open she just she barely even glanced at it but I thought well I'd be a little concerned hotel room doors don't just casually open you know typically locked and you need a key or someone to um, open the door for you so there was that and then when she gets to that house there in northern California for this wedding there was an exchange um, between her and the guy standing up at the table giving the toast to the bride and groom. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a little bit of a, you know, like they knew each other. Yeah. You know, he kind of paused and there was like a knowing glance between them them both. And I thought, okay, so who's this guy? So we don't know who she is. Uh, who's this guy? And do they know Would each other? Would it have other? been an older Owen? Even though, I don't know. I, I don't know why too. they would go like with a different actor because the time difference, I guess, isn't I know, that because... different. But yeah, yeah, you're right. They could have just aged him up. Mm-hmm. You know, makeup's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, they can put a little gray in his hair. I mean, because he didn't look that old as we know him now in yeah. 1987. But if you put 20 years on them, you know, you can age him up a little bit. Makeup's a, a pretty awesome thing. So I wondered the same thing. I was like, could yep. it be Owen? But then, yeah, why would they use a different actor? Uh, but maybe they just are because clearly, I, I think we're supposed to know who Carla Gugino is, but we don't or we don't know yet. So mm-hmm. they clearly use a different actor for her, which I'm glad any excuse for Carla Gugino. I mean, even though they've aged her up, she just looks so freaking amazing. Oh, yeah. um, and she's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> so lots of things happening there um, and some details, you know, in this opening scene. And I feel like you just... Mike Flanagan doesn't do anything by accident. No. So I feel like you just have to really kind of pay attention to things. And, and, and I feel like when you do, you kind of can start putting the pieces together of what's, what's happening a little bit. So I feel like all of these things that we're seeing are going to kind of make sense as we continue to move on. We'll be able to put those pieces together. We don't know yet. We only have a couple of the pieces of the puzzle, but we're (laughs) going to get a couple more as we keep watching. And then it, hopefully it will start to make sense. So one thing I do want to mention um, is the groom. I don't know if you noticed or not. <laughs> the groom at the wedding is played by um, Greg Sestero. 
Okay. Who, if you don't know his name, he co-starred in the legendary So Bad It's Good movie, The Room. Was that him? He, oh, wow. It was I did him. not see oh, that. I didn't recognize hi, Craig. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. He was, he's the oh hi Mark in uh, The Room. Yes. And he also co-wrote The Disaster Artist, mm-hmm. uh, which was, of course, the memoir about his experience of filming it. So. Oh, God. Don't tell me we're going to get Tommy Wiseau showing up at some point this season. <laughs> oh, hi. Hey, Mark. Um, I, He's going to play one There's... of the ghosts in the background. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Not a very quiet one. <laughs> I'm back here. I'm spooky. You see me. <laughs> Want to throw a football? Um... <laughs> oh, that movie was so good. The disaster artist, I mean. I haven't. Yeah. I don't think I've seen The Room. I've watched The Room. Um, it's Really? It's something. <laughs> uh-huh. I've heard. I've heard. I feel like watching The Disaster Artist, I've seen enough <laughs> that that satisfies my curiosity. I don't feel the need. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. But anyway, just kind of interesting, you know, uh, this this opener. And we have like a, a narrator, something we didn't quite have before. So yeah. I think an interesting little mix and I'm I'm down with it. So anything else you want to say about your number five? That's it. All right. Really good way to open the top five for sure so i'm going to carry that on into um meeting danny all right so we meet danny um who happens to be a a byog girl a bring your own ghost (laughs) kind of girl because bly manor so far has not wasted any time in letting us know that this girl is already haunted yep and she's going to be bringing her own ghost to the already crowded bly manor um so the first time that we meet her, you know, when she's standing there on the side of the sidewalk, she nearly gets hit by a passing car. And in the mirror, as the car goes by, or not in the mirror, but I guess the uh, windows, mm-hmm. the the um, come uh, back at her with, you see this creepy guy with like these glowing eyes. And I know it took me a second to realize, like, what the hell was that? I had to kind of like rewind it for a second. Oh, I had to it rewatch it so too. Fast. I was like, I got to see that again. Hang on. <laughs> Already. Because when it happened, I think I was more taken aback by, you know, I kind of jumped because the car. Yeah. Right. The car kind of almost motor over. And I was like, oh, but when I was, when I kind of jumped and I thought, wait a minute, I just, I just saw something. I know I freaking just saw something and had to rewind it. And sure enough, there's a dude with some. I don't know what that's about, but he's got some, it's like the iron giant standing, staring back at you. Um, so we, we start off right away with a mystery, just a f- few minutes in, and it's not exactly tied to the house. I mean, you kind of assume that everything is going to be kind of tied to Bly Manor or the people that lived there or something that happened at Bly Manor, but not quite, you know, which I think is a fun idea it's intriguing and i'm anxious to learn more about who this mystery ghost is and about danny and what's going on with her what is this ghost and you know it 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 seems to only show itself to her through reflections and she's got her mirrors covered up windows covered up in her in, in the hostel that she's staying at yeah uh so what is that about what is she running from you know, I'm I'm really anxious to hear a little bit more about Danny and her story, and you know why did she? There, there's so much about her. She's a mystery too. You know, she's a, a young American in London. Why did she leave America? Why did she have to go all the way to London from wherever she came from 
to get away from whatever it was that happened. And and does that this mysterious figure that shows up in her reflections, you know, how does this thing play a part in all of that? I, I'm I'm so intrigued. Yeah. Scared as scared <laughs> as hell when I see the damn thing, but so so intrigued. Do you have thoughts yeah, about, I mean, about all of that? It seems like it's been with her for a while. It still mm-hmm. scares the shit out of her every time she sees it. But yeah. like but there's also this like little tinge of like, but she's getting used to it. Like it's been there for a while mm-hmm. where she kind of knows, like she looks into like a mirror or something and it gets to the point. Sometimes she's like, okay, here he comes. <laughs> like, like when she's leaving the hostel, kind of she's looking through the different mirrors and then she opens up the door and she takes one last glance at one of the mirrors on her way out. And there he is. And she's just kind of like, yep. Okay. And exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I want to know the background. It's like, there is kind of like this dark past and that's why her mother on the phone mentioned something about her running from something. And I was like, is it like a friend or a sibling or something? You know, something happened in her past and it's following her. Yeah, I find that to be very interesting. It's not just like she's there for a job and she gets entangled in something that's already happening or has happened there at the house. She already has a past. She has a mystery. She's got her own ghost. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, yeah. <laughs> it just adds a, another layer of mystery and intrigue in this season. And I'm, I'm really excited. And you're right. She wasn't, this thing has been with her for a while when she was in uh, the bathroom. Uh, putting the kids to bed after Flora had taken her bath and the the mirrors were kind of steamed up a little bit by her being in the bath. And she, you know, she kind of saw it and she, at first she kind of, she kind of just jumped a little bit, Mm -hmm. not much. And then she just kind of like stared it down and got really mad and kind of swiped at the, the fog on the, on the mirror and it went away. So she was like angry, kind of resigned that she's always there with her and she can't get away from it. But she was scared when she was locked up in the closet, which we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. I know I'm sure we'll get into more detail. um, I'm sure. So I I won't talk about it too much, but that was a moment when she did kind of jump and kind of scream, but it could have been because she was already kind of in um, having a bit of a panic attack um, at that moment. So, so yeah, Danny is very intriguing. Um, I think she's smart. And I think she does have a way with kids and I'm really excited to learn uh, a little bit more about her. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Um, What is your number four? My number four, I kind of went with, you know, now that we're back in the haunting, some of the uh, cast of characters on a kind of broad scale, uh, new and returning that I wanted to point out that I I like some of these characters. And so kind of on the returning stuff, Again, we mentioned Victoria Pedretti and our good pal, Henry Thomas, who mm-hmm. we just, we hung out with and spent minutes of our time with. <laughs> no, I but know. He really was one of the nicest guys I've ever spent any time with. He was awesome. <laughs> so nice. Such a nice person and professional and very kind and generous mm-hmm. with his time. He really was yeah. when we met him in Chicago. That was a blast. Yes. So it was great to see him again. And like, yeah, he's in a very different role. He's got the the English accent and he's this very like important English businessman. And that's what he's, you know, mm-hmm. and he seems, you know, he's playing it off and he's talking to uh, Danny in the bar where he's like, you know, it's all, you know, it's all imagination. It's all that. But there's like this little thing behind his eyes. Where you're like, oh, no, there's something going on. Oh, there's definitely something going on. <laughs> yeah, but it was good, good to see that. We may get into other stuff like that a little bit later. But yeah, just and just having him back and Victoria back. And then we get 
uh, Oliver Jackson Cohen for a little bit. It is the same. Just he, a little. He was in the in mm-hmm. Haunting of Hill House. He played the older Luke Crane. Yep. And then again, Carly Gugino, we mentioned. Uh, the music and the intro for the show is really cool. That's kind of just a side thing. But I say some of the yeah, other... that's from Hill House. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other characters, some of the newer ones that I really like, mainly just kind of in the house, is uh, Miss Gross, Hannah Gross. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why, but I feel very, like, drawn to that character. I'm gravitating towards her, and I don't know why, but... There's just something about her that I'm just like, I'm really going to like her and there's going to be some really deep stuff going on. And I don't have much to go on on that because I don't watch trailers and I don't watch a lot of stuff most of the time. So I haven't really dove in too deep on behind the scenes stuff. So I don't know. There's just something about her that I'm really intrigued to see more about her. Kind of her mannerisms. She doesn't eat. She always seems to kind of just be in her own head a little bit and zoning out a lot. And uh-huh. <laughs> there's a lot of strange little things about her. She's, you know, sitting there like praying or whatever of these candles. She says, you know, they're for the dead. There's four candles. Well, the, the parents yeah. and then Miss Jessel, who's the, yeah, who's the, the fourth, fourth one for? Do we wonder? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, so she's very yeah i i don't know there's a lot that i really feel like we'll uncover with her and i'm excited to get there and then really the only one was we didn't get a lot about the gardener she walked in was in like the one scene we know that Mm -hmm. she found flora after flora had found miss jessel and was kind of the first one on the scene there to kind of help flora but we don't know a lot about her unless she's the storyteller that's my guess but we'll see where that plays out and then the last one I really want to talk to talk about is just Owen. I really, really like the character of Owen, and nothing bad happens to him, or I'm going to throw a tantrum. Just letting you know now. <laughs> I like him. I really too. like him. I like him he's too. really funny. He's really clever, and you can tell like he's got a good soul. But like, I agree. He has a very dodgy relationship with this house with Bly Manor. You know, he you can tell he like he doesn't like it. You know, and they say, you know, oh, this place is gorgeous. I can't think of any other word. Oh, I can think of a few, but you know, he leaves it at that, and it's yes. like, oh, I, you know, <laughs> there's there's something there. He's it reminds me of well, I guess it's a little bit of spoiler territory, but not much for Hill House. If we go back, it reminds mm-hmm. me of the Dudleys in Hill House, right? Who always made they sure they would the leave before dark. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And he won't stick around. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I thought of that too. I was like, they're like that Mary. I couldn't remember their name, but mm-hmm. so kudos yeah. for that. But I remember the groundskeeper and uh, the, the housekeeper who, yeah, they, they never, they only were there during the day and they left, yeah. which I, yeah, I don't think that's too spoilery, but um, you know, yeah, they wouldn't stay there mm-hmm. after dark. So yeah, so again, there's not a lot in my notes about this stuff because it's just the first episode and we're just getting acquainted with all these characters at first. But these recurring characters who are here at this house, I'm very intrigued to see a lot of their stories and personalities play out. Me too. Uh, So yeah, I'm excited too. So they... These other residents of Bly Manor is was actually a little bit further up in my list, so I'll just go ahead and move them around cool. a little bit since we're already talking about them. So you mentioned Owen the Cook. Mm-hmm. Again, I love him too. Very intrigued by him. Um, he we find out that he was actually a resident of Bly because it's not just 
Blind Manor yeah. is the name of the the uh, large estate that she's staying at. It's actually this tiny little country town is called Bly. So we'll we'll be saying that a lot, I think. So he actually grew up there and is from there, and he left uh, to trained to be a chef in France, but he came back because it sounds like, um, you know, for family reasons anyway, and that his mother has is ill mm-hmm. and it sounds like he's been taking care of her and we don't get really told much more than that. There seems like it's a little mysterious because even, you know, Mrs. Gross and the children are just kind of like, you know, well, you know, we heard here's mother isn't doing so great, but I think she's getting better every day. Yes, indeed. I think she's getting better every day, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so a little a little mysterious yeah. just a little everyone seems to have like their own little air of mystery which i totally love yeah. and appreciate <laughs> uh so yes I'm, I'm intrigued though with owen i agree i think he's got a really good heart he seems genuine and and just very nice so yeah hopefully nothing happens to him because i'll be devastated as well <laughs> uh groundskeeper jamie like you mentioned don't really know about her anything about her she's in in the one scene and she does seem to have a fondness for the kids yeah you know, so we, I think that she does seem to have an easy relationship with them. She seems very, when she comes in, she, she just kind of glares uh, at, at Danny. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just, that's her personality. I don't know if she's a little tainted by her being there for some reason or resistant to her being there or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as she is at the sink and she's kind of washing her hands, cause she's been out, you know, playing in the dirt, um, being a groundskeeper. Uh, and before she sits down for lunch and she starts teasing the kids, you know, about being gremlins. Yeah. So I was like, well, there's a different side to her. She does seem to be um, affectionate towards the children. So she can't be too terrible. I don't yeah. guess. So hopefully we'll get to know a little bit more about her. Um, and then you mentioned the housekeeper, Hannah Gross. Uh, yeah, doesn't seem to eat or be interested in food at all. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a little curious. You know, she's and they seem to make a point about it. That's why I think it's probably important mm-hmm. because they they really do make an effort to make sure that, you know, that she's not eating anything. And because it, it happens twice at two different meal times that they make a point. So clearly we're supposed to remember that and know that for some reason, yeah. but you know, the chef didn't eat either. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he left and he wasn't eating with them in the meals, you know, as he was, I mean, he was like serving them and everything. He was going all out. It wasn't like a just free for all. He was serving their plates to them as they were being seated. Um, but he didn't stay with them either. They said that he seems, you know, he, he used to stay for supper with them and now he just seems to go home earlier and earlier, Yeah, you know, now. So, a little bit, a <laughs> little bit different. And we, when we first meet Hannah, I thought something that was a little, you know, just a little off-putting was, you know, when Danny first walks in, into the grounds there at Blind Manor, she runs into Flora. And then Flora takes her to meet Miles and uh, Hannah Gross. They're at a well. Yeah. And Hannah just seems to be kind of staring down the well. And, you know, they're, they're, they're not really talking her and miles miles is kind of standing a few feet back and she's standing over the well and she's just kind of, you know, staring down at the bottom of it. And she's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I just got a little lost in my yeah. head or something. I'm kind of yeah. paraphrasing there a little. Um, so I was like, what the hell's going on at that? Well, that, that to me is creepy. <laughs> you know, I didn't even need to see a ghost. And to me, that was just a little, I was like, I don't know how I feel about no. this. Why are you staring down a well? I don't like, wells. I don't like wells. <laughs> I think, I think of the ring, uh-huh. you know, when I start <laughs> I'm like, get away from that. Well, there's bad things that happen 
in those wells. Mm -hmm. So that was a little off-putting to me as well. So interesting group of characters, you know, outside of uh, Flora and Miles, which I'm going to talk more about in detail, you know, and of course we've got Danny, who's a main character, but um, just seeing this other group of you know, interesting folks that are going to play a part, I'm sure, in the season. I think we're interesting. Can't say a whole lot because I don't think we know a lot about them yet. But definitely worth mentioning because I think um, it's going to be important as we go. That's awesome. Um, Well, I will count that as my number two. What is your number three? My number three was Danny also as well. So I'm going to see if I got some other stuff. Uh, Just a little bit about her before she got to blind manner is i really liked a lot of the conversation and stuff going on between her and henry is Mm -hmm. you know during the interview he really seems to have this kind of upper hand on her you know kind of talking down to her in this way like why you know why would somebody like you you know this young american woman want to come over here and take this job and he's kind of you know tea or a coffee or you know like he's very being posh about her Americanness to her, mm-hmm. you know, she does this kind of thing. It's like, how are you? He's like, you know, I've grown quite fond of London, you know? And he was just like, Oh God, <laughs> like you're one of them. He did not no. hide his distaste yeah. at all. <laughs> it's like, Oh man. <laughs> yep. And you're drowning there, Danny. You better, better turn this around. <laughs> Yeah, but things seem to be going well because the questions he's asking and the things he's stating are very much like, okay, so you have the job. Here's what would be expected of you. But then something comes up and he just flips this, you know, but what's the catch? Why are you? And then that's when he's kind of belittling her that way. And then I think it's a great character strength for her, but it cost her the interview at least was whenever she kind of set up and and flipped that right back on him and was mm-hmm. well yeah what is the, the you know what is the catch i've seen your ad for the past six months and nobody seems interested it should be an easy job you go and take care of these two exceptional kids as you keep calling them so why can't you find anybody to do it what's the catch <laughs> mm-hmm. and so it was a lucky break running back into him at the pub because then they could just cut the crap and lay it all out there, which ends up being great for her because she does get the job because then they kind of get to know each other a lot more personally where he can tell her like this whole like ghost story kind of behind it or at least not the ghost, but the tragedy, the tragedy that the was tragedy. there. And, yep. And so people think it's cursed or, you know, whatever. And so that's why nobody is interested. And I, she gives him a little bit of her past, but I don't think she gave him much of anything. She yeah, gave the why still, she's not a teacher anymore, but I think there's a right. lot more that's that's underneath that. Doesn't explain how she got to be in London. Yeah. And the, for like why did, why is she in London and why was she coming there and why did she leave America yeah. and why didn't she just stay, you know, in a, she could have moved somewhere else in America. Yeah, you know, she didn't. Ha- why did she have to come all the way to London? So yep, definitely. And yeah, I think yeah, her just trying to fit in. She says she's been there for six months, so she's getting used to some things, but I do think one of the funny things is her, you know, oh, I haven't quite mastered tea yet. I haven't quite figured that out. <laughs> and the, the kids and everybody's look when they're drinking the tea she made, like, um, 
I love that Miles is like, I'll give you some pointers. Um. You know, I'm not, I, I can't say that I can, I'm a master of making a proper British tea, but I understand the concept and I understand, like I can, I'm like, I know this is how it's done. Mm-hmm. I haven't actually performed it or made it, but I, I understand and I know. So when I saw her making that tea for that first time, I was cringing yeah. going, oh, no, 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 no. That's not how it's done. Stop. That's going to be icky. Yeah. Um, so yeah, clearly she has a little bit to learn. Maybe by the end she'll have learned how to make a good proper English tea. Mm-hmm. That's that's the arc we're really looking for in this show. <laughs> that's what we're looking for. Does she figure that's, out tea? You know, for, forget the tragedy, forget the ghosts, forget everything else. The The real question of the season is, does Danny learn how to make a proper English tea? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. So yeah, I think that's really all else, the other stuff I had on her specifically. So yeah. Awesome. That was great. Well, I'll tag on to that because I wanted to talk. I don't have a whole lot to say because we didn't get to see him that much. And I think you've covered a lot of it. But what Uncle Henry, mm-hmm. you know, who, of course, like you said, played by our dear good friend, close, Henry Thomas. Close confidant (laughs) we're very close yes um (laughs) who you know seems a little detached and he doesn't seem to be very interested in being the caregiver for his niece and nephew Mm -hmm. so i'm a little intrigued to find out what is the story with henry and these and these kids so they it's their family manor Bly manor is and the kids spent summers and weekends there with their parents and they didn't originally like live there but that's where they went to stay after their parents died they seem to be comfortable there maybe kind of getting them out of maybe a place of where they had happy memories you know was maybe good yeah you know wherever they lived with their parents i i don't know that we know that yet like where did did they live in london or maybe somewhere else with their parents and then their parents passed and so they went to Bly manor I think that's kind of a good idea. Get them out of the, you know, out into the countryside, places where they can run and play and be kids. Um, you know, because of course they've been through a horrible tragedy of losing their parents, and their parents died while they were abroad. Yeah. So they didn't die at home or in in, I guess England or or London. Uh, they, I guess maybe were traveling, mm-hmm. but we don't know anything about what happened to their parents. Um, and I don't know what relation or which side of the family their Uncle Henry, I'm guessing it was, it's the, their father's, I'm guessing, but I don't know. That's to- a total far-fetched guess. I could be completely wrong. And, you know, um, so I'm curious as to how they were related. Like, was it the, on the mother or father's side for the children? And, you know, just wanting to find a little bit more about their relationship, like the relationship he had with their with their parents did something go wrong? Is it just maybe he doesn't care much for kids? Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe he's just not, maybe he's a single guy or, you know, he just has no interest in children or something. I don't know. But he just doesn't seem to be very interested <laughs> in in being the, yeah. the actual caregiver for his niece and nephew. And you can kind of see that a little bit later when, you know, Miles is talking about it. When Danny is like, you know, I, I've met your uncle and I talked to your uncle and he misses you very much. And he's like, you know, really? And she's like, yeah, he really does. And she's like, and he's like, you know, I, I don't believe that. How about we ring him up and find out? Yeah, you he know? kind of calls her bluff on that. Like, oh, no, he doesn't. Like, oh, yeah, call him. Yeah. Call him. I want to talk to him. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> Which is kind of sad yeah. in and of itself because, you know, you, you would feel that's when children would really need their family to surround them. I mean, they're kind of, I don't know how long Hannah Gross has been the housekeeper there at Bly Manor mm-hmm. and how long of a relationship and how well the children knew her, you know, um, 
you know, maybe they've known them all, all their lives. Maybe, maybe she's always been the housekeeper uh, at Bly Manor and they grew up with her. And so maybe they are comfortable with her, but you'd think it would be a really good time for family to kind of, you know, kind of surround the children and, you know, they're orphans and, you know, they have no one else left in the world. And he seems to, you know, he's family and he doesn't seem to be that interested yeah. in them, which I found really sad. Mm -hmm. So Uncle Henry's not getting a lot of brownie no. points so far <laughs> yet for me. Maybe we'll get some more here, some more insight, and we'll kind of get some understanding as to why. Um, so anyway, Uncle Henry, um, that's about all that I have to add on to what you were just talking about. Yeah. So he is my number three. Um, what is your number four? Uh, two is where I'm at now. Two. <laughs> Sorry, looking at the wrong number. Going number two. All over the place now. <laughs> I am. That's me. So I'm all all, always all over the place. My apologies. Number two. All right. Two, I would say the kids, but mainly, I think I'm mainly focusing on Flora and those creepy fucking dolls. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and <sighs> fucking yeah, dolls. when we first see her, because I was my note, I said, well, if Flora isn't just absolutely delightfully adorable. Like that was just like she is precious in every way. She is. And then I was like, although I don't like the little makeshift doll that she had, which we turn out, yeah, she's making these talismans, as Hannah ends up calling them, which she's been yes. placing all over the place as kind of a, you know, protective barrier, protective little things around. But I just immediately, immediately when I saw it, I'm thinking like, okay, that just screams evil. I don't like this. <laughs> mm -hmm. Not gonna be. Mm -hmm. I got seen way too many of these I movies. Slight, <laughs> no, I I was very uncomfortable with with that little talisman. Yeah. In, in that moment, I got a little bit of a Blair Witch yeah. creepy moment for just a moment. I was like, okay, I don't like this at all. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're they're everywhere. And then so. I was thinking, like, as cute as she is, she has this like all like this other side that she flips back and forth both of the kids miles does this too where mm -hmm. they will be very sweet adorable kids and i'm like oh how precious and then the I'm, I'm amazed i don't have the names of the actors yet right now that i know but so flora is i'm gonna say amelie okay amelie bay or b b e a mm -hmm. is her middle name amelie b smith okay yeah, and and but both of them are yeah they're so good at mm -hmm. where they 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 flip in a second with just like the way that they they glaze their eyes and they change the way mm -hmm. that they like stand and the way that yes. they look to where like they just go into this creepy mode and I it it's very unsettling that's the one thing that really gets me the most very but then Flora with her and a lot of people do it like in the house but. She was the one that I noticed it the most is these repeating certain little things. I mean, of course, like the perfectly splendid, perfectly splendid. And it's like the the same mm -hmm. way she says it every time. Like it's rehearsed. Like it's this thing that plays in her head. And it's these, you know, yes. they're, uh, not just that, but the, you know, brutal on the knees, brutal on the knees, a great good place. And even Hannah calls it that. Miles calls it that. Henry calls it that. It's all a great good place. It's almost like this cult kind of thing where they're like dragging, like digging it into your head. Like, you no, know, these are the things we want you to think about. You know, she's, oh, they're covered up. We don't go in there because it's covered up. And there's like, yeah, we, we put it all the way. It's covered up. And she just repeats the same 
we're so glad you're here. Yes. We're so, so glad you're here. We are so glad I'm you're s- here. <laughs> and it's I know. Okay. <laughs> you can't help but not see it. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you said that about the, the great good place mm-hmm. because I feel like the more everyone keeps saying Blind Manor is a great good place, the less inclined I am to believe yeah. it. And it feels very practiced. Like they all agreed to say it over and over again to put Danny at ease. Mm-hmm. And when really, for me anyway, it feels quite the opposite. Yeah. And yeah, look, so, we're so glad you're here. That comes from Flora and Miles at all kinds of different, even Miles is like perving on her for a second, like standing there. And it, it, yeah. it and the only reason is he wants to come back in and tell her, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Gives her the, the butterfly clip and that turns into a whole thing with, again, Flora being creepy, like talking to, I assume the ghost of Miss Jessel, it seems, because she's like, that's not yours. You can't have it. And then like, she's like nodding, like in agreement, like somebody's telling her something and she's like, never mind. I was wrong. It's fine. Never mind. It's okay. It's fine. No. The minute I take a job to look after children and she starts looking over my shoulder like she did, mm-hmm. I'm the, I'm getting the fuck All out right, of All right. Good there. luck, kid. Fuck those kids. <laughs> yep. I'm out. No, I don't do creepy kids. I've said it a million times. My kid was a creepy kid. And it's a miracle that I survived that. No. That I'd be out the door. Sorry. See ya. Have fun. Sweet dreams. I'm out. Right, bye. Yeah. yeah bye. And those, those dolls, because it's not just the talismans that she's made, but then she has her dolls in her dollhouse. And my theory, what I've come up with so far, because it seems like she has a doll that represents each ghost or spirit in the house, because they're all like uh-huh. standing in corners of different rooms watching the <sighs> dolls that represent like her and her brother and the housekeeper and stuff. And it's, and then she's got the one doll that sits under the dresser. And that's where she stays. And I don't like. And she turned yeah. quickly, like you were just talking about. Yeah. How they put that back. Like she's put being her, very yeah. happy and joyful. And then all of a sudden she's sitting, she just all of a sudden looks at her, she goes, she stays there. Yeah. And it was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? And I, I think that that is this lady in the lake or something like that. Is uh-huh. is that one because both times that um, which well I'll get my I'm spoiler alert my number one is just the ghosts in the episode mm-hmm. but so I'll get more into that but I'll you know, jump into that a little bit because both times that Danny picks up that doll we see that ghost standing in the mirror behind her and <sighs> yeah I don't like that and so I feel like you know they say you know she doesn't well, you know stay in your bed because so she doesn't see you and you don't want her to see you. And I feel like when she kicked that doll on accident, the kids locking her in that closet was not for them to be mean or an attack on her. I truly feel they were trying to protect Danny. I, I That's my gut reaction is they were trying to protect her. Mm-hmm. Because when, like she, Flora was sitting straight up in bed and kind of like freaking out that she had just kicked that doll. Yeah. And... Miles seemed to, even though he was in his own room, seemed to pick up on something, yeah. got a vibe. I don't know. And all of a sudden he's standing there and you could see a look exchanged between him and Flora. Yeah. Flora, And they're like, um, and then and then he was like, hey, there's this fan that I need in order to be able to sleep. You know, can you get that for me? It's in the cupboard, which I'm guessing means closet. Yeah. I wonder if they'd use um, that same trick on Miss Jessel because <laughs> like, they seem I, to have I, it pretty planned out. <laughs> 
they they seemed to know exactly what they were doing and it was very unsettling as she's in there and she's starting to kind of look around and there's and they're both standing there outside the door and he's like i think it's under some clothes mm-hmm. you know and she's just like okay yeah. <laughs> and i'm just like uh uh no no freaking way um I knew. I feel like I knew exactly what was going to yeah. happen. And you know what? I'm literally so creeped out right now. I'm. I keep looking behind <laughs> me as I'm sitting here recording this. There's my closet is right behind me, <sighs> and I just keep peeking around behind me. I'm literally. I have the chills just talking about this freaking episode mm-hmm. with you right now. I'm. I keep looking behind me, like expecting to freaking see something. And if I see something, I'm fucking out of here. Pete. I'm dropping this <laughs> we're, we're mic and I'm out of here. <laughs> just to let you know ahead of time. Still upload this You'll episode. So that way it just cuts off here. Yeah. You're like, never mind. We're not doing this anymore. <laughs> It'd be one of those found footage podcasts. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, no, you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're so freaking right. Um, everything that you're saying, I'm just sitting here nodding my yeah. head. Yes, yes, yes. They, they give each other those knowing looks a lot. Cause even at that lunch earlier where Danny is mentioning that she sees the guy on the parapet and you can see miles and Flora look at each other knowingly. Like they're like, Oh shit. She saw which something she's not supposed to see. Like it's mm-hmm. very there. It's like they're on top of things with like all these ghosts and stuff. And they're trying to, you know, Hannah mentions, you know, oh, they're just trying to protect us. These kids are doing the best they can in a lot of ways. But then why do they have to be so damn creepy while they do it? Because even like know. Miles and- has that moment where she's like, it's time to go to bed. Oh, is it? <laughs> I shouldn't think yeah, so. Jesus. I'm, it's not time for games, wrong? but bedtime's the best time for games. And I loved what Flora just yells out, stop being weird, Miles. <laughs> I know. Stop being weird. He's, he's just weird sometimes, yeah. which is hilarious because we're all thinking that. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's that kid's a little weird, but so are you, Flora. Uh-huh. Like, you're absolutely adorable, but you guys are also pretty messed yeah. up. Like, what was and- the quote that like, I wrote down in my notes about them? I said it's like there's it's it, there's something dark lurking underneath a very pretty surface is the way both of those kids Ooh, are because they're both like they're both good. adorable and really sweet whenever for most of the time and so it's like you're looking at it it's like oh that's a that's a pretty picture but then there's something right underneath that surface that is dark and you see it kind of poke out every now and then yeah so yeah creepy kids creepy kids the the children are my number two so it kind of goes into i'm just going to kind of jump in and Mm -hmm. and fill in um my thoughts on that as well and and tag on to what you were saying so you know they are creepy for sure but i feel and i mean i I could be wrong but at this point i'm feeling like they're creepy by nature or not by nature but by circumstance because of the trauma that they're been through it's like when when miss gross was saying we can't judge them look what they've been through You know, they were six and eight years old when they lost their parents. And we don't know how they lost their parents. And it doesn't really matter whether Mm -hmm. it was some tragic accident or just, you know, whatever it was that happened. They lost their parents. And that's a huge, uh, makes a huge impact. And you can't judge people by how they grieve. Everybody grieves in their own way. And then not only did they go through this trauma with losing their parents at such, such a young age, and they're trying to, you know, adjust and and rebound from that the next year they get a a nanny which they they say au pair a lot which is like the french word to me for nanny uh so they get this new nanny you know to come in and take care of them and it seems that they you know our impression so far is now we don't know the story i'm sure we're gonna see it um is that they got along pretty well with her you know that she seemed to be a, a you know they loved her and got along well with her 
But then something tragic happened to her. She walked into the lake and drowned herself mm-hmm. over uh, over a man that she met. She became entangled. So that's another. Tra- and not only did did this happen, they lost another person that they seemed to grow close to. Yeah. But they Flora found her. So that had to be extremely traumatic. So it's hard to, to say, well, these kids are just really creepy. Well, <laughs> they're, they're probably this way for a reason. So I'm trying to say, okay, yeah, you guys are pretty messed up, but I think I kind of understand. Yeah. I think, I hope I have, I have all these thoughts running in my head. What the <laughs> hell's really going on in this story yeah. and what, what's behind these kids? Because Flora seems very jovial and she's happy. Like you said, she says perfectly splendid a lot. Uh, that's going to get old, I think, a little bit if she keeps <laughs> doing that throughout the entire season. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Miles, he was expelled from his boarding school for some reason. Mm-hmm. It was mysterious. We we don't really know what happened there. And he won't talk about it. His uncle doesn't really talk about it. Um, but he clearly needs a little discipline he says Mm -hmm. you know and he seems intent on testing danny's reaction to things whether it be something sinister and scary or something a nice gesture so he presents her with this spider from the garden and wants to test her reaction and then he gives her that butterfly hairpin which seems to be a nice gesture Mm -hmm. you know something he wants to kind of give her uh but it belonged to their former nanny um so he's kind of testing to see what her reaction is going to be to these things, which I find interesting. Um, And then this Miss Jessel, who seems to, you know, adds to this children's trauma. Flora seems to keep talking to her. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm, I have thoughts as to, it's almost like these kids are possessed. Yeah. Yeah. And how they, that's what I'm saying. Cause it's like, yeah, it's like, just a look in their eyes is the only thing you can see. Like it means like their eyes and like the way that they kind of carry themselves. But it is, it's like a, a completely different person just takes over for a minute. Cause, cause miles can go from very normal and sweet mm-hmm. and well-adjusted to slightly twisted and threatening. Yeah. And then Flora goes to being very delightful to very strange and almost possessed, mm-hmm. which really says something about those two child actors. Yeah. Just, by the way, I mean, I was kind of worried, you know, Hill House was so fantastic with their casting. You know, we met the 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 two little ones that played young Nell and young Luke, yeah. and they were just absolutely amazing little kids mm-hmm. and just so talented and how well they played their parts throughout the series. So they were absolutely amazing. I mean, these tiny little humans uh-huh. that could play these roles just. Well, yeah, because that was, that was part of that. uh panel was asking henry thomas because i was like you know he grew up as a child actor yes. he was in et and and i asked him that was one of the questions i asked on that panel was you know since you were a child actor it's like what is it like now being an adult adult grown up and working with child actors on the show and he said that those kids were way more professional than he ever was <laughs> right yeah which is astounding and you know i worried i thought you know it feels like so far, anyway, these two kids are like the backbone of this whole story. Mm-hmm. They're a big, big part of it. And that's a lot to ask of two young actors. Yeah. It takes some special people to to carry this and to to play that out. And I think so far they're doing a really good job. I'm pretty impressed for sure. But they seem to be playing. Not only do they seem to – these characters are – almost possessed like the way that they can kind of flip on you like that but they almost 
it's almost like they're grown-ups in these tiny bodies. It's like they're not just little kids. They're they're the way that they talk, the way that they speak, the way that they behave. It's like they're they're grown-ups mm-hmm. trapped in little kids' bodies or something. I don't know. It's uh, so many thoughts and crazy <laughs> theories and, and things that are running through my head yeah. right now, but I'm just trying to kind of reconcile what I'm seeing and how creeped out I am, I guess. So to me, that's where I'm at with the kids so far. And and as I'm as we're touring, when we get to Bly Manor and we're being given the tour, just as Danny was being given the tour mm-hmm. and meeting these different people, you know, we're meeting, you know, Owen, the chef and, and you know, Hannah Gross, the living um, housekeeper. We haven't yet met Jamie, um, the groundskeeper, but, you know, we're getting this whole, you know, got the two kids and the nanny and they're getting this, you know, they're showing her around the house and I cannot help but get uh, a vibe from like the movie, The Others. Okay. Have you seen that movie um, with Nicole Kidman? I don't know. No, I don't think so. You haven't? Oh, gosh. That was a movie that scared the shit out <laughs> of me. That was one that really kind of um, had some very dark, twisty turns that you were not expecting. I won't give anything away then. Mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, it's a little bit of an older movie. So, you know, I don't think it would be spoiler, but since you haven't seen it, I'm not going to say anything, <laughs> but I insist you go watch it immediately and let me know what you think. All but right. that's the kind of vibe I was getting. I, I, I'm, I'll be curious to know if you go watch it sometime. Um, and then let me know what you think about All right. what I just said. Yeah. So yeah, those kids, <laughs> don't no. No, no, no. That whole talking behind the shoulder thing. I just said, no, <laughs> no, that did it for me. I was about out, but very good. That was a very long, that, that, that was part of my number two as well. So I don't know if you had anything else that I kind of hijacked and tagged uh, along with yours. Was there anything else that you wanted to say? I don't think so. I think we covered pretty much everything on them. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, what is your number one? So my number one is the ghosts. Because what we learned from Hill House is keep an eye on the backgrounds and the little details. So I was like, where's them ghosts? There we go. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm trained, like we just said earlier. Mm-hmm. And of course, we see, we know we mentioned the one that follows Danny around. And I wouldn't even call that a hidden ghost. It's pretty apparent. And Truth. Yeah. there are a lot of the hidden ghosts, but then some of them they've made a point to really put into focus. Yes. But there are a lot that are kind of... So I have stuff written down just kind of going through when I'm seeing them. Um, So, of course, the first one I noticed on my own that I was just like, oh, I got one, is when they're eating dinner that first night. And then, you know, they're talking about, you know, Owen and going home to his mother and all that. And when Hannah stands up from the table, there is a ghost standing behind the door where she's at. And it's a very quick as she stands up. And the camera pans over and it's just a quick like second and a half. But I was like, I got it. I saw it. It's there. Got it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Check. And then uh, let's see. I've just got a bunch of them written down. So they're not even in order of the episode right now, I think. But uh, see when Danny's tucking Flora in the first night, there's one standing behind her. Then um, Danny goes downstairs to practice her tea making. And... We see the one that's like in the very forefront. They even show turn. But then even while she's looking into that other room where she heard a noise, you can see that one standing behind her in the other in the other room. Yes. And then 
because I think it's like the the same one. Um, which actually, I think really all of them are the same ghost. It's not like different ghosts. It's mm-hmm. all this. There's one that keeps yeah, popping up. Yeah, it's the up same one. It's like over. this like pink or like white, like wooden, or, uh, wooden, woolen dress. And it's got like this hat and a like plague doctor like mask with the like bird beak. Yes. And that's the one that we're seeing everywhere. So there's only two different ghosts that I noticed. We see that one with the plague doctor mask in a billion places this episode. And then there's this like kind of ring looking kind of dead woman ghost that shows up in the mirror twice when she's messing with the doll that it represents, I believe. But uh, let's see. So that other plague doctor ghost, I see it a few other times where I have it. Um, Right before she gets put into the closet when she's tucking Flora in there, it's also standing out in the hallway before she kicks the other doll. The plague doctor one's there. Mm-hmm. Um, it also appears, let's see, behind Miles while he's talking about going and getting the fan out of there. It's in his room. If you look past him, it's standing back there. Um, at the end of the episode when she goes outside and she's looking out around the hedges and the fog, it's standing next to one of those. Um, and actually kind of near the beginning when Flora's giving them the tour of the house when they're walking up the stairs and she's talking about, you know, be careful on the stairs and it's standing on the side of, it's standing on the wall beside the stairs. So, (laughs) (sighs) noticed it quite a few times and I was just like, (laughs) here we go. Yeah. I'm getting better at it. I got trained from the first from Hill House. I was like, I know what to look for. Um, I, I know kind of the ex- spots that they like to pick. <laughs> yes. A little bit of a difference, though, in, in Bly Manor is they're not always as clear. Like you can see it, but they kind of blur just a yeah. little bit, mm-hmm. right? They're kind yeah, of blurry. Blur but sometimes. they move a little bit, too. Because it's a lot of these long, lingering Ugh. shots where you realize yeah. it's this blurry figure in the background and then it kind of sways and moves <sighs> and you're like, God. Yeah, it's a little different. It's a different style of hidden ghost this season. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I got chills again. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, the muddy footprints at the end that she follows out. I was just like, yep. That seems like it would come from a lady in the lake. <laughs> muddy feet. Wonder where those came from. Yep. But yeah, not suspicious at all. But I think that's all of them, at least that I have noticed. There may be more that I missed. But. Well, no worries. I have the hidden ghosts nice. and the timestamps, <laughs> so I will be providing that. Well, you can compare it with yours, see how how many you got, <laughs> and uh, folks, all the listeners can see how many they got as well. So. Yep, I'll have them um, after we finish our top five. Sweet. So I'll make that a note. Cause I don't make that a number one or anything because we'll have a section <laughs> no, for it. No, you can. But I like well, having I mean, <laughs> We're going to talk. I mean, the, the hidden ghosts are going to come mm-hmm. up as we're talking about the episodes. I mean, they're they're going to play a part. And clearly this this one particular ghost that you were mentioning is, is going to play a big role because he's in there a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to talk about them and that's fine. But, you know, we're not maybe always going to catch all of them. So I usually try to find all of them if I can. Which is awesome. And, we won't have um, a music section for this show. So might as well have a ghost no, section. It was it was my tradition when we were covering Hill House to <laughs> yeah. have a hidden ghost section. So that was, um, you know, kind of my little contribution was to, you know, because we would talk about, did you see that one? And did you see this one? <laughs> but then I would have like a section at the end that was like, here's all of them that we know. Cool. And and sometimes try to provide either screenshots or um, at least timestamps. So if you want to go back and, and catch them, if you miss them, um, 
because it's fun. Mm-hmm. So it's like I spy. That was great. That was really good. That was that was good because you know they can be hard to pick up. Uh, this this show very much like Hill House is kind of dark. Yeah, and it's hard to kind of sometimes make them out. Noticed. <laughs> Man, like like you said, Hill House trained us. I was well, like looking mate. in the backgrounds. <laughs> I, there were some times I wish I hadn't seen them, to be honest. There were times I was just like, oh, my God, there's another one. And I'm really uh, – I'm very uncomfortable right now. See, I kind of get different it's with just, them when they're just standing there. It doesn't creep me out as much. I actually just get like a big smile on my face because I'm, ooh, there's another one. <laughs> what's going to happen? I, <laughs> it depends on the what's happening in that moment yeah. and what the ghost is doing or, or just – kind of just depends on the moment sometimes i just kind of uh, you know and i'm sure i'm, I'm kind of sinking back into my pillows and my toes are curling and i'm just like i'm very uncomfortable and other times i'm like jumping out of my skin like oh my god what the hell um i don't like this so i, I was kind of all over the place with this episode um in the various times that we saw those ghosts so yeah we're going to talk about those awesome. here in just a second but because you did mention the ghosts the hidden ghosts and then you were talking about flora's dolls um, my number one is actually Flora's dollhouse because I feel there is something to that. And I think that's kind of where you were leading a little bit with uh-huh. that and talking about that. And I feel like I need to go back now. I did watch this twice, but I was watching through the episodes and I was pausing at least in my second watch to take notes, but I want to go back and watch again, just this, this part of, you know, when, when she comes in and she's playing with her dollhouse and we kind of get to see here's this room and here's this doll and watch it in sections and really pay attention and take note because I think there are hints Mm -hmm. to what is going on at Bly Manor. What we may see in future episodes. What we might see in the episodes, what could be going on at Bly Manor because we don't know. It's a mystery. Um, The little dolls are very creepy. The rooms they are in it seems like they are staged and not just like where a little girl would leave them after she's been playing, you know, with her dolls where she just kind of, oh, here, I'm just playing with this doll in this room and they're doing this. And then she just sets them down. Mm-hmm. It looks very staged and very purposeful. Yeah. Um, so I feel like there's a little more to it. I, I, I don't have more. It's kind of a short number one, but I just I want to point it out because I feel like they they purposely made it something that you're supposed to be paying attention to and again we know uh that they don't do anything by accident these these showrunners and creators and mike flanagan everything's on purpose and i feel there's a reason yeah for what we're seeing i don't know yet but i feel (laughs) like it's gonna we're gonna learn as we continue to watch so if you didn't pay that much attention to the dollhouse guys i would recommend going and at least just watching that scene uh, Mm -hmm. one more time kind of making note of that yeah. and and what we saw I'm trying to remember in the rooms some of the ones that i picked up on for sure because didn't like it there's like, like a big bulky one with like a jacket and a hat that was standing in one room which i think that's i think that's the one, the one thing that, we that we're saw seeing over and over episode. again yeah it's like they represent the ghost yeah. or something there was one that almost looked like a jack-o'-lantern on its head that was in a room and then mm-hmm. there was there was one that almost looked like a nun or something. Yeah. I don't know if that's what it was, but it looked nun-ish. Mm-hmm. And then there was one in the attic that was like laying on the ground behind like a box oh, or something, God. which reminded me well, of a c- scene from Hill House. I won't spoil it, but <laughs> right. Well, and then like the one that lives under the dresser. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't even get to be in the dollhouse. Yeah. She's, you know, under the dresser. So there. it's it's kind of. <laughs> kind of important i think to kind of see where so like does her dollhouse represent blind manor what does her dresser represent 
you know, and then she, she, and then we know that she has like these other talisman and things that she keeps, you know, putting in these other places. She had one by the lake. Mm -hmm. She placed one on the parapet where we see a mysterious man. We haven't really mentioned him. (laughs) I don't know if he's in notes, but we can, we can, you know, talk about that if we want, but I, that's all I wanted to mention about my number one, basically is just kind of, I think we need to pay attention to that dollhouse. I think there's something key there, but I don't know what yet. So that's my number one. Do you have some notes? We covered all of my notes. Oh, sweet. Okay. So, well, then I'll jump into some of mine. I've got a couple, I think, that we haven't covered yet. One of the first notes I I thought was kind of interesting and a little different, and maybe I'm reading more into it than what I should. (laughs) Uh, I'm known for that, so that's possible. When Owen picked up Danny from London and drove her to Bly Manor, you know, it they they start there in London and then it cuts immediately just showing her sleeping and waking up in the back seat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're very close to Bly Manor and then you see it looming over the landscape. Was it just me or did it feel like we're missing a part of the story there? Like we might revisit the scene in a later episode, but maybe from Owen's point of view. That could be interesting. Yeah. I haven't I, I didn't know. think about that, but I don't know. Just it felt, and and maybe because they're just t- trying to squeeze every so much into this premiere. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's only nine episodes yeah. of Bly Manor, uh, so maybe they're trying to you know just keep very on point and keep things moving. So maybe it wasn't important, but it just it felt a little odd to me. Like maybe we missed something. Yeah. There, <laughs> but I don't know. Um, talked about the hotel room door. We talked about Greg Sistero. <laughs> um. We talked about Danny in the closet. I am with you. I think they were trying to protect her. And because if you notice, because I don't want to believe that the kids are evil little brats. I think that there's something kind of going on with those kids. And I don't know what it is. If it's something that is happening to them or if it's just their trauma. Uh, But I do think that they, whatever they did to Danny uh, was, they thought, going to protect her. And because right before that happened, the lake house doll was looking at them. Yeah. It it really, I'm getting chills again. (laughs) I can't. uh, Um, So the doll, the doll was looking at them and that's when Flora and Miles kind of looked at each other and were like, okay, they kind of like, we're like, okay, this is, this is the plan. This is what we're going to do. And then also Danny being locked in the, the closet, this was not a tiny little closet. Um, I get, I get being claustrophobic. I have a little claustrophobia. I don't like being, I'm, I'm uncomfortable in tight spaces, but this was not a real tiny closet. And so I was curious about her panic attack and her breakdown. And I was curious if her panic attack and breakdown that she had when she was locked in there, was it because, because, of the ghost that she can see in the mirror or because she believes that she can see the ghost in the mirror. Does that, did that make any sense? Yeah. What I just said? Yeah. So I it's one of those things where I feel like we, we have to, you know, take a little deeper dive into her past and her character to figure out. Cause yeah, that's what I read it as was like claustrophobia, but yeah. Yeah. I think it's deeper than that. So it, it may be a little deeper just, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't want to be, no matter how big the, the closet is, I wouldn't want to be locked in there with no way out and the kids hearing them just, like, run off. It's not fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems yeah. like she was in there quite yeah, a while. Absolutely. It did. Now, I, I would have just been mad mm-hmm. and, and irritated that 
you know, thinking that they're playing some trick on me and just being kind of mean spirited or, you know, or just being foolish by playing pranks. Yeah. I would have been irritated, but she was like having a complete meltdown. Yeah. Well, she's and, speaking uh, of the so pranks I thought, thing. I feel, I just, I just thought of this, but I think that's something, another one of those like Flanagan things that we really should have picked up on is, mm-hmm. is when she asks Miles about, you know, is that what you do? You play pranks or tricks? And he goes, I'm not, I don't much care for tricks. And I think it's one of those things where that's really not what they're doing. So I think it was kind of a, a, a hint that if you see these kind of things that it's, it's not them just playing around. Like there is a deeper meaning behind it. Yep. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> One other thing in my notes was the a Willow Whaley mm-hmm. song that is sung or said or whistled. I'm told uh, throughout this entire season it's going to play a part Hmm. um it was actually created for i think it was a movie called the innocence and the innocence i believe was based off of blind manor as well like the book or sorry not really blind manor but the turn of the screw screw. was like another kind of like adaptation Mm -hmm. that i i was i've read that it was actually pretty good yeah. uh, i haven't seen it but just what little i was reading yeah, um haven't seen that one and also there was a movie that came out at the beginning of this year that is also based off of the turn of the screw really and it was called Have you... the turning and oh. it starred finn wolfhard from stranger things and then another like a little girl and they, they were the siblings and there's like a nanny or whatever that's coming into the house i never watched it but like i saw that it was the same kind of source material came out the same year. So now I'm kind of wondering like, should I go back and watch that movie to kind of get some ideas or maybe wait till after Bly Manor. So I don't spoil like maybe plot points that they may come up into. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't know how much is drawn from the true source material yeah. and what they stay true to. So you, I, I might worry a little bit about getting spoiled, mm-hmm. but I actually heard that the movie, the innocence were, was fairly good. Um, and that this song was created for that. And it's something that, like I said, that you either hear um, hummed or sung or something throughout the entire um, season. And they said, fittingly, the the lyrics about a lost lover work very well, it says, with the plot of Blind Manor. So the lyrics go, we lay my love and I beneath the weeping willow, but now alone I lie and weep beside the tree, singing, O willow waley by the tree that weeps with me, singing, O willow waley till my lover returns to me. We lay my love and I beneath the weeping willow, but now alone I lie. O willow, I die. Singing, O willow waley, till my lover returns to me. We may li- we lay my love and I beneath the weeping willow. O broken heart have I. O willow, I die. O willow, I die. <laughs> that is sad as shit. Yeah. <laughs> so- <laughs> not a fun party song. <laughs> no, it's not a kick up your heels <laughs> Friday night kind of song. <laughs> Um, but I thought was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm so excited to really kind of get into the rest of this. Cause I, I feel like there's, it's not just a ghost story. It's a love story, which mm-hmm. I feel like are sometimes kind of one in the same sometimes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't have any other notes and that covers my notes, let's talk a little bit about the hidden ghosts. So right. how many are there there are 11 all right that's a lot yeah there were sometimes in hill house you were lucky to see maybe one maybe two uh so there were 11 hidden ghosts 
Um, number one, Mr. Glasses in the car. So the first glimpse, and we've talked about him, we get of this very persistent ghost happens about six minutes in the first episode when Danny's standing in the street. The car rushes by. You can see the face of a dark man in glowing glasses. And yeah, he's freaking creepy. <laughs> um, number two, Mr. Glasses remixed. The glasses man is back. <laughs> Only this time he briefly appears in a mere 15 minutes into the episode since Mr. Glasses appears a lot. We're only going to be counting his blink and you'll miss them appearances. So, because yeah, I feel like he might be popping up a lot. Yeah. Um, sounds like he's he's definitely following uh, Danny around. Uh, number three, the worst kind of top hat. <laughs> About 21 minutes into the episode, Flora takes Danny on a tour of the house. And guess what's in the right-hand corner of the staircase? Mm -hmm. That's right. A top hat wearing ghost. Uh, number four, the bathroom creeper. After giving Flora a bath, Danny spooked by Mr. Glasses in the mirror, but she really should have been looking out for the creep or cloaked creep lurking behind the bathroom door around minute 27. Ooh, I don't think I caught that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I got him. He uh, <laughs> gave me the heebie-jeebies. Um, number five, the mirror from hell. Uh, right before bed, Danny decides to clean up Flora's room a bit, which includes picking up a creepy doll underneath the dresser. Mm -hmm. Bad idea. Uh, while Danny is holding the Lady in the Lakes doll at minute 29, something otherworldly can be seen in the mirror behind her. Yeah. You picked up on that one. Mm -hmm. So good. Good eyes. And the reason I caught that Never... one was because I paused it at that moment after Flora said, <gasps> she stays there. And I paused it to uh -huh. make a note about Flora like flipping and being like, oh, that's a creepy thing about that doll. And I, so I made that note. I looked back up to my TV screen and his fucking ghost is in the mirror. And I was like, ah, oh, God. You <laughs> like, I got lucky. Just at the right yeah. minute. <laughs> uh, I don't know if, if, you're, if you were lucky or not, yeah. but you caught it at just, <laughs> just the right time. Uh -huh. Oh my goodness. Eek. <laughs> Number six, the pointy spy. Yeah, so Flora's room uh, is super haunted. Mm -hmm. So while Danny is tucking her into bed, something tall, dark, and pointy can be spotted behind her shoulder at the 29, uh, 2930 mark. 29 minutes, 30 seconds, that is. Number seven, the plague doctor. This is another recurring ghost, but he gets his big debut 32 minutes in. Danny goes downstairs to make herself some terrible tea. Uh, little does she know she's being watched by something with a hooked mask. Uh, number eight, the Night Watcher. Once again, Flora's getting tucked in, and once again, things are going south. When Danny gives her doll uh, a doll at 45-minute mark, a dark figure can be seen watching them from the doorway. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Mirror from Hell Redux. <laughs> yep, Danny plays with the creepy doll under the dresser twice, just like the first time something weird can be seen in the mirror around 46 minutes. Number 10, Bathroom Creeper Redux. He's back too. Uh, when Miles goes back to check on Flora and Danny, the cloaked creeper can be seen in the bathroom around 47 minutes. If anyone's counting, that's a ghost a minute. Yeah, that there was a lot in that little scene. Yeah. Damn it. I, th I um, think I caught most all of the, like, I think I caught all of those in that little moment. Cause it was kind of every time it would focus on one character talking, I'd be looking behind almost like there's another one. There's another one. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, okay. So for number 11, the plague doctor out for a stroll after mm -hmm. Danny finally escapes being locked in a closet by her wards. She explores the rest of the house and sees a bunch of muddy footprints. That's scary. But mm -hmm. what's scarier the plague doctor ghost that can be seen in the background of minute 50. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm out. <laughs> and I was like, um, Holy crap. <laughs> Eek! Yeah. So there you go. There's all of your hidden ghosts. All right. So that's all I've got for hidden ghosts uh, this week. So that's going to take us into one of our favorite parts of the uh, podcast. And that is our listener feedback portion. So, um, Pake, you want to kick that off for us this week? All right. This first one comes from Lindsay Schlicht. And she says, sad to say I was a little underwhelmed by this premiere. I think my love of the first season, combined with my desperation for something new to watch, put way too high of expectations on this show. I miss the large ensemble cast of kids and their adult counterparts. As much as I like Victoria Pedretti, I'm not sure I'll enjoy it as much if she has to carry the entire show. The scare factor just isn't there for me either. The ghost with the light eyes is kind of creepy, I guess. And the little boy perving on her changing was definitely disturbing. I found myself wildly scanning every inch of the screen, hoping for a hidden ghost to at least up the scare factor, but I didn't see a single one. I still have high hopes it'll improve for me, but it definitely didn't catch my attention the way the first season did immediately. Pretty disappointed so far. At least I have the podcast to be excited for. I've missed you guys. Well, oh, we missed you too, Lindsay. Lindsay, hopefully listening to this gives you a lot more to think about and maybe shines a little different light on some of the stuff and you can go back and watch. And then as far as the hidden ghosts, somebody just did that little bit. You just got you're a little rusty from the first season. You got to go back. You got to train it, retrain. They're there. I promise. (laughs) They were there. As much as I didn't want them to be, they were there. Mm -hmm. It was really clever too when they released the movie or not movie posters, but the the teaser promo posters for the show. They had like each character had its own poster that they released oh a week maybe two ago or something like that. And even Mm -hmm. the posters had a hidden ghost on them. That's cool. I didn't post all of them because I was like, oh, my, that would that would take up a lot of um, different posts on our on our page. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm happy to do that if, if you guys want me to. Yeah, but I need to check those th- out. There was, yeah, I would definitely check them out. There's a hidden ghost on, on the posters for each character um, that had a poster dedicated to them. But, yeah, Lindsay, let us know if you feel any differently after you've listened to the podcast or if maybe you go watch a second time. This is... You know, I think I read a little bit that there were some people really disappointed with this premiere episode. I can't speak for the whole season. I've only watched this first episode, but because they were kind of expecting something like Hill House. And I think Mike Flanagan tried to tell people this is not Hill House. Mm -hmm. You know, it is a bit of a different story. And, you know, I like that. I don't want Hill House 2.0. Yeah. I mean, as fantastic as what it freaking was, right? I mean, that sounds kind of silly when I say it out loud because it was absolutely fantastic. But, you know, you don't want the same thing over and over again, or at least I don't. And I want a little bit of a different story. And this is, I think, a little bit of a different story. I think there are still some scares there, but they're going to be a little bit different. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm digging it so far. Yeah, I so really I don't know. It. Maybe maybe give it a couple more episodes um, and just, just let us know what you think after that. Uh, so the next one that we have is from uh, Maureen Favo. She says, I enjoyed first episode, especially the appearance of Carla Gugino. You can tell the season will be more intimate and carried by the acting. And I or we so often forget the title of the show, The Manor House. <laughs> show is about location. will be so fun to learn about Bly Manor through Danny and the kids. Yeah, yeah I think so. I agree. Mm-hmm. All right. We got an email this week as well. Would you like to take that one for me? Sure. This email comes from uh, our friend and my other podcast co-host, Daphne. And she says, hey, Rima and Paik, The Haunting of Bly Manor is quite a shift from the often humorous Umbrella Academy. Mm -hmm. I've actually seen an adaptation of this novella previously, the 1961 film The Innocents. 
so the story is familiar. I'm looking forward to seeing how Mike Flanagan brings it to life here. So far, I love how they've incorporated some of the cast from The Haunting of Hill House into this part of the anthology. Since this, was the, since this was the first episode, I thought it started to set things up nicely for what would be a dark and twisted ride. You can already see that Danny started as this fiercely strong character who was already getting rattled by Flora and Miles. There are lots of secrets in this mystery, and I'm looking forward to seeing it unravel before us. It's all a perfectly splendid start. I'm trying to go week to week with you guys again, so I can't wait to hear what you guys think. <laughs> Yeah, I know she's been telling me she's real worried she's not going to manage to do the week to week again this time. It's going to be hard for her. Mm-hmm. But I believe in you, Daphne. You can do it. <laughs> yeah. If we can do it, I feel anybody can. Yeah, I know it's tough. It is tough. I've, I've said multiple times if I wasn't podcasting, I'm not a big fan of binging an entire show in one day. I think that's fine if people choose to do that. I will watch maybe two, maybe three because I feel like I need time to absorb what I'm watching and, you know, I appreciate details. So that's me, mm-hmm. but I could definitely, um, you know, if, if I wasn't podcasting on it, I would have probably finished the show in about a week or two's worth of time yeah. <laughs> for sure. Thanks guys. Great feedback. Uh, we also received a voice message this week from our good friend, Steve wouldn't have a show without him. Mm-hmm. Little kids can be creepy sometimes. Uh, hey guys, it's Steve, Pake uh, <laughs> and Rima. How are you? I hope you're doing well. Um, this is a really good first episode. It, it's got me hooked completely. I mean, I, it was going to have me anyway. Uh, very difficult not to go on to the next episode, so I can't wait. Uh, I, I've got to wait a week until you guys release your uh, discussion of it. And uh, hopefully I'll stay week to week with you guys again. I'm going to try um, for sure. But... Um, you know, it's it's an interesting way of telling the story with this narration, and I wonder if they're going to stick to it through the whole season or if it's just going to be a few episodes and then we're going to get the perspective of just the story itself. Um, we'll see. Um, Victoria Pedretti, I did not realize how young she is. She's only 25. So uh, she looked really, really young in this part of Danny Clayton, and I thought, man, she's she really looks young. I didn't think she was that young, and, of course, I was wrong. So, um but uh, all that aside, it's wonderfully acted, uh, written, um, and uh, I love the setting of 1987. I think that's an interesting uh, way to go with it. And again, it's it's going to be interesting to see if they switch perspective or if it stays in that 1987 time frame. A um, couple of things she was seeing the reflections, or we were seeing the, we were seeing the reflections in uh, in the car and in the mirrors before. Uh, Danny even got to the house. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, see what her uh, dilemma is there. Um, in the in the church or the whatever that place was, Hannah had four candles lit. Now, we know there has been three deaths. We know the parents and then the former au pair. Who's the fourth candle for? And finally, uh, one gardener for that whole place? Come on. Talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> it, I bet it keeps her busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of hedges and lawn and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. Well, you know, not everything I think is as it seems. But I was thinking that there. even with for Hannah with the housekeeping, just looking at like the bathroom with all the like tiles and 
all the different like the wooden staircases and like all the big eccentric you know like wooden pieces and everything it's like man dusting and cleaning and I know. How do you have one person that stays on top of that whole house and cleaning up after two two little kids? Mm-hmm. I mean, they seem pretty, you know, uh, well-mannered, creepy kids, yeah. but still, yeah, I don't know. Even haunted kids probably I, make some kind of mess. Yeah. I feel like they do. They're still kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That was really great feedback. We actually... Um, decided to record this the day after it premiered. So for those of you who are watching week to week, you get a little bit of a reprieve this week because you're going to get the first episode, hopefully pretty quickly. And then we're going to go to our regular um, schedule um, where we, you know, go week to week, but we did want to try and get this one out pretty quick. So we don't have a whole lot of feedback um, because I know many people are just watching it or um, just, you know, getting their thoughts together and, Maybe, maybe they're just now crawling out from underneath the covers, Paige. I don't know. I know me. It took me a little while to get out from underneath the covers to be like, is it safe to come out now? Uh, so maybe they're just now making their way out of the covers and then we'll be able to get some more feedback. So I didn't provide a lot of time from uh, the time the episode was released yesterday um, to us recording today. So I appreciate everyone taking the time. We had a lot of excitement. People have, have really been hyped up for Blind Manor. So I'm excited to be covering it for sure. Um, oh yeah. And can't wait. I'm really excited so, for the rest of this season. A little, little scared, a little nervous of what's going to be coming, but I'm excited. I'm a little trepidatious, <laughs> but, uh, also I'm, I'm excited. So yeah, can't wait. It's going to be great. Um, well, so next week we'll be covering the second episode of the haunting of Bly Manor titled the pupil. Mm-hmm. Mm, not giving any descriptions, uh, again, not looking to get spoiled. So, um, if, if you're curious, I'm sure it's out there. If you want to look at it, you may have already seen the second episode and you don't need a description, <laughs> um, but that's what we'll be covering next. So we are excited for you to follow us to Bly Manor, but until then you can follow us on Twitter at strange Tcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stranger You can email us at strangerthingscastpod at gmail.com, and you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com, and go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. And speaking of great podcasts, you can check out Pig's other podcast uh, that he mentioned earlier. He has a lovely co-host, Daphne. Um, Their podcast is called Run for Your Lives, covering monster movies, creature features, and disaster films. And you can find them anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts and at runforyourlivespodcast.com. What's going to be special about Run for Your Lives this week? All right. So this week, actually... uh... I say today, the day that we recorded this, so Saturday, and then I don't know how fast you'll get it up, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, we just released our episode covering A Quiet Place. Awesome. And so I'm sure I will, when we record again a little bit later in, uh, in a few days, I'll have the same ones to plug, but you know, I'll do it again anyway. So the next weekend, just so you know what to look forward to, we are doing the 2006 horror comedy movie from new zealand called black sheep and it is it's literally a movie about a bunch of like zombie killer sheep and it's hilarious and ridiculous and we had so much fun recording that episode well we look forward to that one Mm -hmm. that's awesome you guys got some great stuff you're covering for sure oh yeah especially uh 
coming down the pipeline pretty soon, we should have you <gasps> coming on to cover just a, a, a little not so well-known movie called Jaws. Oh, that little film? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about that yeah. one. <laughs> I only talk about that movie like all the time. Anybody that knows me is probably like, please stop talking about Jaws, will you? So the fact that you guys invite me to talk about it, I'm like, yes. Give you give you your outlet. Give me a platform to talk about Jaws. You guys don't know what you're you're asking for, let me tell you. Oh, that'll be great. Uh-huh. I'm looking forward to it. Oh yeah. <clears throat> all right. So that's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. I'm Pate. And Marine Favo is strange indeed.